Elijah. Uh, he he was a he was a prophet, a little bit different than some of the others. He just kind of shows up on the scene. Now we don't know where he come from. We don't know his past. We don't know anything about him other than there he is. He shows up on the scene, and he shows up on the scene telling the king that that ain't gonna rain. That's where he shows up at. He just kind of appears, and all of a sudden he's telling the king face to face, it's not gonna rain. Uh, I don't know about you, but I ain't never had the confidence to try to predict the weather. No. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Weathermen try all the time, and they get it wrong all the time. I mean, they get close. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. But I couldn't imagine telling somebody, hey, not only is it not going to rain, it's not going to rain until I say it rains. It's not going to rain. It's just not going to rain. He had such a walk with God. I don't know what happened to him in his younger days to make him be who he was. I don't know what time he spent uh, talking close to God. I don't know how God probably got next to him and whispered into his ear, but I can tell you this was a man that trusted God. Uh, I mean, they, there's nothing else to describe it. Uh, he's seen things happen that don't make sense. He told a little woman who was about to die because she's going to starve to death that her uh, flour and her oil that she used to make bread with wouldn't run out. That it'd be there for, it'd just be there until they didn't need it anymore. And she just kept on, kept on, kept on, and, and it didn't run out. Uh, he was a man that, that made things happen with God. That's who he was. One day, he's walking down a road, and God, I'm sure, put it on his heart to go tap Elisha and put his mantle or his coat on Elisha. Elisha was working a farm. He had a bunch of oxen in front of him. I think there was a dozen of them, a whole bunch of them out there working the plows. And, 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 and Elijah goes and throws his mantle over Elisha and says to him, he says, I want you to follow after me. And Elisha does. He just goes and follows after him. And all of a sudden, Elisha begins to learn from him. And Elisha sees this great man of God. He, he walks with this great man of God. He sees mighty, powerful things happen with this great man of God. And now, in chapter 2 of 2 Kings, this man's about to leave him. He's about to be gone. He's about to be taken away. All right, so we're going we're gonna to read that. I got a lot of scriptures to read. Uh, try to stay with me and, 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 and get this because I believe this will bless you and you'll get something out of it. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. So the first time, Elijah tells him, you stay here. That's what he tells him. You tarry here. That's what he says. You stay here. I've got to go on a little further. Elijah says, I'm not going to do it. You're not leaving me behind here. I, I, I know that God's about to take you away. I'm not leaving you. So he tells him, I'm, I'm going to go with you. So he goes with him, uh, even uh, unto Bethel. Verse 3 says, And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel, so these are other prophets who've been to prophet school. That's what they've been. I want you to understand who these people are. Y'all didn't know there was a prophet school. There was a prophet school where they taught people to be prophets. Uh, now, now today, I guess we have preacher schools. We have seminary, right? People go to learn to be preachers. But not every man goes to, to, to seminary and learns how to be a preacher. Some, some of them God just taps on the shoulder and says, Hey, you're it. I think that's a good way to do it. Just, just, uh, it's just my old way. It's, uh, it's what I believe the Lord is good at doing. Said, tag, you're it. That's what happened to Elisha. So Elisha runs into a bunch of guys 
who've been to preacher school. So that'd be like me running into a bunch of guys who've been to seminary. Are y'all with me? Everybody said, well, this, I'm trying to make this story easy to understand. And so, so he runs into these guys who have, who have learned to study the Word. That, that doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that they got it, got it wrong. They just went through it different. And so they, they want to tell him something as if he don't know it, right? That's what happens in verse 3. That's what happens when you run into a bunch of guys been seminary. They will tell you something like you didn't know. Like the Lord didn't have the power to teach you. Amen. That's, that was a side note. Y'all didn't have to have that one, but it come anyway. Verse 3. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yeah, I know it. Scripture right there. The yeah was a little bit more southern. <laughs> Hold ye your peace. That's what he said to him. He said, y'all be quiet. I know that. Y'all gotta tell me I, I, I already know that. And so what I'm telling you is, is all the signs were saying that Elijah was going to leave him, right? And and he and he said and he and it's 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 disconcerting. Can I tell you uh, the moment that I thought to myself, hey, you're going to take the stand and preach at a place where Leroy Thompson stood and preached. You know what that was? That's a scary thing. Amen, it's a scary thing. And before him, Brother Dean preached behind him. Now, some of y'all don't even know who that man is. I can, I, I just, I know stories of him. I don't even, I, you know, my, my recollection don't go back to them, but I know what a man of God he was. And so Elijah is faced with his, his, his mentor, the, the man in his life who has showed so much of God is leaving him. And, and he's, he's, he's probably a little upset about it. I would be. Verse 4, And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. So again, Elijah tells him, You stay here. I got to go over there. And he says, I ain't doing it. I'm going where you're going. And so he follows on with him. Now there's some more of these guys in verse 5. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho. Here's the next group at the third, at third preacher school. Came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yeah, I know it. Hold ye your peace. Verse 6. And Elijah said unto him, This is the third time now. The third time. Tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord now hath sent me to Jordan. So now he's going to a third place. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. So three times he tried to get him to stay behind. Three times he told him to stay here. Uh, this is all, y'all know all this. There ain't nothing here new to you. But I want you to stay with us and see where God takes you. Verse 7 it says, And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went on. Now they got a whole bunch of them together. And, and, and they stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. Verse 8 says, And Elijah took his mantle, his, his coat or his wrap, and wrapped it together. He took it off, kind of twisted it together. And the Bible says that he smote or he hit the waters. And they were divided hither and thither so that the two went over on dry ground. So he, he split the Jordan River into uh, Y'all seen that happen a few times. It's kind of a, one that God likes to prove, hey, I'm in charge. Uh, watch what I can do. Verse 9 says, And it came to pass when they were going over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. We sung that old song. 
Y'all heard that song a bunch of times. You know the story. Elisha wants a double portion of what Elijah has. Now, I want to preach something to you that the Lord kind of got a hold of me and really convicted my heart over. He asked for twice what the man before him had. Now, I want you to, we're in a season of decoration, and, and I don't mean this to be a decoration message. Don't get me wrong. I don't try to do that. I don't put those things together. But we are in a season of decoration where we remember people who have gone on before. And we probably could think of, and you could do a better job than I could, think of some saints who used to fill these pews, whose names, some of them got names on the sides of them. I don't even know who these people are. But you probably remember, or your family remembers some of these people who were saints of God, who stood for what was right, who testified, who waved that hand, who shouted shouts, who sung songs. Y'all know any of them people? Y'all know who I'm talking about? Now, now I want you to think about them for just a moment. Now, you may not think about those people, but you might can think of somebody who's gone on before you, who stood for what was right, and who took the calling of God, a serious calling, who wasn't afraid to stand up when other people would stay sitting down. Y'all probably think of somebody like that. I want you to think of them for just a moment. Think about it this way. Here is Elijah, who is that person, and he's about to leave, and Elisha says, I want to be double of what you were. Now, what if we ask God right now, Lord, that person that come to my mind who stood the ground when nobody else would stand, that saint of God who, who stands in your mind, what if you were double what they were? Now, let's think about that. Have you ever asked God to be double what they were? I want you to see how important this is. We're going to go further in the story here. The Bible says... That, he, that Elijah told him, you ask a hard thing, but if the Lord makes a way, he says, if you see me leave this place and the Lord makes a way, then so let it be. But if not, if it's not the Lord's will, then let it not be, right? And that's the way it is anyway, right? I could say all day long, I'd love to be done by Leroy Thompson. But if the Lord don't make it happen, it ain't gonna happen. But I want you to know, there was somebody willing to ask. Hear me now. There was somebody willing to say, I will be that person. If you'll just let me be that person. So what happens is what? He sees him caught up. His mantle falls to the ground. Elisha goes over and picks it up. And he says, all right, Lord. I told you, I'd, I'd be double him. He takes that mound. He, he rolls it up just like Elijah did. He walks over there to the Jordan River. He had never done this before. He walks over that Jordan River. He takes it. He says, well, this is what he did. This is what I'm going to do. And he smites the water with it. Water parts away. If you read the scriptures, Elijah did a whole bunch of miracles. If you read the scriptures, Elisha did double what Elijah did. God filled him up because he asked for it. Because he asked for it. Now, the story goes on a long ways. Elisha does a lot of things. Turn in your Bibles now. You were in chapter uh, 2 there. Flip over to chapter 13, same book, 2 Kings, 13th chapter. We're going to fast forward through Elisha's life to his point of death. So Elisha said, Lord, 
Let me be double of what Elijah was. Let me have double the portion that he had. And God granted it to him. And his whole life is filled with miracle after miracle. I'm talking about they, they just kept on coming. One right after the other, right after the other. Verse 14 of chapter 13, 2 Kings. Elisha's now on his deathbed. So before, the first thing we read was Elijah's last days on this earth. And now we're in Elisha's last days. Are y'all with me? In other words, uh, before Leroy Thompson, there was somebody here. And then they went on to be with the Lord. And, and then he come and stood. And then he went on to be with the Lord. And others have followed after him. And, and someday I will leave this world. And who will stand where I stand? Amen? Someday you will leave this world and who will stand where you stand? So here's Elisha who now rests on him double of Elijah. Are y'all with me? That's, this is an amazing point right here in time. Verse 14 it says, now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died. In other words, he's got this thing. It's not going away. He's not going to beat it. He's going to die. And, and just so you know, great men of God die normal things too. This is Elisha I'm talking about here. And if you haven't read Elisha, you ought to read him. He is an amazing man of God. He has some of the most amazing stories of things that he did. And here he is, is sick. And he's sick and he won't get well. Amen. Just because good people die of bad things don't mean God's not real. Amen. That, that was a side note. Somebody needed that. Just because people have bad things happen to them and they're good Christian people don't mean God still ain't on the throne. Amen. Amen. That's, that, that, that's for somebody. So he's about to die. It says, And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. This king is not a great king. I'm just going to be real honest with you. Joash is not a great man. He, he, he doesn't follow after God. But, but I can tell you this. He knew that Elisha was such a good man of God. He knew that it would be sorely missed when he left this earth. He knew that he needed him. He knew that he needed somebody uh, who would talk to God. Can I tell you today, there are people lost in this world or backslidden on God right now who are depending on you. Hear me. They, they won't walk the walk. They won't come in the doors of the church. They won't do what's right. But if they need something, they're looking to you. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, uh, they, they know who can get a prayer up. Amen. I'm just telling you, the world even depends on And so here's Joash, and he comes, and he's weeping. He says, oh, we're in trouble. If you leave, we're in trouble. Now look at this. And Elisha said unto him, take up bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. All right, he's holding his bow. Now, I, some of y'all going to get lost here if you don't stay with me. Now, I want y'all just stay with me. Because you're going to be like, what's happening? I don't understand what's going on. Uh, he's a dying man, and this man's got a bow and an arrow. Why, I, what's going on? Stay with me, okay? He says to him, he said to the king of Israel, put thine hand upon the bow. So the king's holding the bow. And then the Bible tells us, and he put his hand upon it. Y'all hear me what's happening? Here's Elisha on his deathbed. This man's weeping over him. He's the king of Israel. And, and, and he's holding the boat. He don't know why he's holding the boat. He's holding the boat because Elisha told him to. And he knows everything that Elisha has told him has, has went right. 
That's what he knows, because Elisha is who? Is a man of God. And so he says, I don't know what we're doing here, but I'm going to do it because you tell me to do it. So he's got this bow in his hand, and Elisha puts his hand on his hand on the bow. Now, anytime the man of God lays his hands on somebody, I'm just saying, I want you to know, I'm not talking about Brian individual. If I lay my hands on it, it means I'm mad at you or something. I'm getting hold. It ain't nothing going to happen unless God does something. But in the Bible, when you see the God laying hands, the dead get up and rise when hands, eyes are open when the Son of God uh, touches people. All I'm talking about is this, there's something uh, trying to happen here is what's going on. So he's got this bow in his hand, and he's got his hand on top of it. And, and it says in verse 17, And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. Now, so, so, so he's opened the window, he's shot out the window, and I'm thinking, where's that arrow going? It's going to hit somebody, right? I mean, that's what I read when I think about it. What is he shooting out the window for? But, but God has given him a picture of victory here. Now, y'all stay with me. Where did we start? We started with Elijah and the power that he had from God. And then Elisha got double that. And now Elisha's on his deathbed, and he's talking to this king, and he's just put his hands on him. Y'all want y'all to see the picture, right? He just put his hands on him, and now he's talking about deliverance and victory. Well, what's really happening here is, is that God's almighty power went from Elijah into Elisha, and now it's here, and, and this man has an opportunity. Are y'all with me? Has an opportunity to be the next man. The opportunity is there. And he shot this bow out this window, and he's saying that can be the picture of your victory. Then he says, verse 18, and he said, take the arrows, and he took them. So there's a whole bunch of arrows still left. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote three times. On the ground with these arrows. And stayed. That means he stopped. Right? Everybody with me? I want, you, I want you to get this. And the man of God was wroth, angry, mad with him. And said, Thou shouldest have smitten four, or five, or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it. But now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And Elisha died and they buried him. Now, I know. I told you, if y'all stay with me, you're going to be confused. Right? Because y'all asking the same question that the king's asking inside your minds right now. He's saying, why was he mad at him? He didn't tell him to hit it five or six times. He said, hit the ground. Right? But he didn't tell him to stop either, did he? Do y'all remember what Elisha did when Elijah was about to leave him? Elijah said, you stay here. He said, I'm not going to do it. He said, you stay here. He said, I'm not going to do it. He said, you stay here. I'm not going to do it. And he went on with it. Did you notice how many times that was? It was three times. Three times. Three times. And then he went beyond. Crossed the river with him. He went beyond. Crossed the river with him. In other words, Elisha said, I'm willing to keep on keeping on. 
follow after God and to see his power. I'm willing to keep on keeping on. No matter what adversity comes. The king was not willing to keep on keeping on. He wasn't willing to press on when it got hard. He only wanted that victory that was in front of him. He didn't want what God had for him. Now, I want you to stay with me right now. I want you to stay right here. you got to see this picture. I've never seen it before. God, God, I don't think I've ever seen it this way. I, the power was in Elijah, blessed by God. It transferred into Elisha, blessed by God. Are y'all with me? And now this man has the opportunity for it to be upon him and to change Israel's fate. And can I tell you, Israel is the group, the ten tribes that were separated from Judah, who disappeared into existence. I mean, they, they disappeared not just in history. They just disappeared. They were consumed by other nations and don't even know who they are. They couldn't tell you their line now if they wanted to tell you. God wiped them away. And they won't be restored until God calls them back. This man had the opportunity to have the power that rested on Elijah and Elisha to rest in his life. Now, stay right there. It says he died. Look at verse 20. And Elisha died, and they buried him. Where's the mantle? Where's the coat? Y'all know the coat, right? The coat that Elijah had, that he put on Elisha the first time that he called him to to go with him. He said he threw that coat on him that day. Y'all know that coat? I mean, they put it on him. And he followed him thereafter. And then when the whirlwind took Elijah up into the sky and the coat was laying there on the ground and he picked it up and he hit the waters with it and they parted. Where's the coat at? Who, who took his place? Where's the man? It's probably in the grave. It's probably in the grave. Look at, look at this, look at this. Verse 20, and Elisha died and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming end of the year. And it came to pass as they were burying a man that behold, they spied a band of men. Now, now here, let me give you, here's what's going on, okay? The, these, these, these guys were like a, they were like a bunch of pirates or, or just villains. They were just a bad group. And everywhere they went, they, they, they killed people and they stole from them. And everywhere they went, they were just doing harm, doing bad things. One right after the other, right after the other. That's, that's who they were. And so there's a good group of Israelites. These are not bad people. They're out there digging a grave. Okay? They're digging a grave and they spot them. There's some pirates over there. We got to get out of here. That's... That's what happened. They, they seen them, and because these bad guys were out there, they were afraid. And the Bible says, the Bible says in, in, in verse 21, that when they spied the band of men, they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. The, the, Elisha was down in this hole, or this, this hole, and they just said, look, just throw him in that hole right there. We ain't got time to dig another one. We ain't got time to prepare. We got to get out of here because those guys are going to come get us. And so they toss him in this hole. And verse, 20, this, it, verse 21 says, And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood upon his feet. In other words, a dead man come back to life because he touched the bones of Elisha. Now I've read that. Y'all heard that? It was the last miracle that he performed, right? 
Last miracle in the last form, he was dead. His bones brought somebody back to life. And it's always been kind of this, oh, it's a, just a powerful story. Look at God. But I saw something when I read that that I've never seen before this way. That's a sad story. It's not a happy story. It's, it's not, hooray, dead man back alive. It's not. It might be for that one man and his family. It's a sad story for Israel. Because what does it mean? It means that nobody was carrying the mantle anymore. That the power of God that was a double portion from Elijah is dead, buried in the ground. Are y'all with me? I'm going to ask you a real hard question here. I, 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 I told you, it kind of burnt me up, stepped all over my toes. Who is laid out in the cemeteries that used to stand for God and nobody took their place? What power? You say, well, all power is in God. Yes, it is. And God always calls a person and always fills the spot. But that power shouldn't have been in that grave. Somebody should have took up the mantle. Somebody should have been carrying on where Elisha left off. I wonder in our churches all across the land we see empty pews and empty benches. You know what's going on is somebody didn't pick up the mound. Somebody said, I'll let somebody else do it. I, I, I want you to know that the, the fate of whether or not we hand off the mantle is the fate of our church. And it is the fate of the Spirit of God in the church. I wonder today if some of us need to take up the mantle. It's a hard, I know it's a hard message. But I want you to know something. Elisha lived a life with a double portion. You can live a life with more than what you got right now. You can live a life that's pleasing unto God and does things that, that you didn't think that you could do. I, I, I want you to know that today, that withholding the rain, calling fire down from the heavens, parting that river, and causing the food to not run out is a power that God still gives to people. You say, well, now wait, I don't see those miracles. It don't necessarily have to come in that way. But the power to overcome is still as great as it ever was. Sunday school this morning, we had people read different verses. I appreciate all those verses and all of you who read those verses. But there's a real big, powerful God hidden in those verses. And I don't know that he's hidden. I think he's revealed to us. And I think we know it. But, but I believe that some of us have chosen rather than to pick up the mound. It's easier to stay in the shadows. Now I want you to see something. In the first that we read, when Elijah was about to be taken up, there were groups of people who come along the way who knew what was about to happen. Y'all remember them, right? 
I said those were the people that had been to prophet school. They knew what was about to happen, right? Because they told Elisha so. There was a group in each city. It got bigger as it went along. To the last group, there was 50 of them. Let me ask you this. What did it say they were doing? Watching. They were looking from afar off. That's what they were doing. Are you in the game? Or are you watching from far off? Are you actively a part of God's plan? Or are you waiting for somebody else to do it? Are you, are you taking hold of the reins? Or you say it's just too hard? Tell a funny story on myself. Happened this week. I didn't think I was going to tell it, but I'm going to tell it. My wife knows what I'm going to tell. Monday evening, I got home late with Alice. Been working on the Eagle Scout project. We've been doing that. We got home, I don't know, it's 8 o'clock. We lived thereafter. Now, we have two miniature horses. Don't think, they're, don't think they're too small. Probably weigh a couple hundred pounds. I don't know how much they weigh. Close to that, maybe. And one of them had a cut on its head, and, and Abby had it out because she was doctoring it up, but it got away from her. And these are real skittish animals. They're not like horses that you call up and come to you. They don't like people because they're tiny, and I guess they think everything's big enough to eat them, so they stay away, right? They like to run, and they run hard. They look, they think they're mag majestic stallions running across the plains of Colorado. <laughs> they run every day. You ain't never seen, there's just two little, there are two males, and they don't have no sense, and that's what they do. They are so athletic and so good in shape. And this one was out, but it wanted to be in the fence with the other one. The problem was is it had a, a rope around its neck, and the rope was, because we had to take the, the, the halter, harness, whatever thing off of it, because where the cut was at, and we knew we couldn't just put it back in the pasture with that rope, it, it hurt itself. So we chased this horse all over the place. It's dark, I have run until I'm tired of running. And we've worked and Alice can tell you and I can tell you later on. So finally I just told them to go away. Just told them to leave because it was just so jumpy. And so I got a bucket of sweet feed and had coaxed it and I had got in a place where I was a little bit sheltered from its view so it could see me. I'm sitting down on the, the wet grass from where the dew is falling. I'm just as still as possible. And um, and it gets close to me and where I'm at, and I kind of start scooting towards it. Finally, I'm laying down on the ground. I'm, I'm laying down on the ground <laughs> to get, y'all have to laugh, it ain't that funny. Uh, the funny part hasn't happened yet, actually. Um, so I get close enough in reach where this rope is at and this horse is at, and uh, <clears throat> I reach out and grab a hold of that rope. Now, I did have, sense to have on leather gloves um, but I'm laying down and this 200 pound horse does not like that I have a hold of the rope and I know that I got to get up and I got to get up very quickly <laughs> and so for the next I don't know how many minutes a game of tug of war <coughs> let's see if we can drag Brian a long ways <laughs> It gets to happen between me and this horse. 
it was much funnier, I'm sure, to view than to <laughs> to be a part of. Abby, I think, did see it. She hadn't actually confessed to me. She might have a video. I have no idea. I, it threw me down on the ground several times. I was wearing old tennis shoes, to my credit, with no traction on the bottom, so I could ski on the wet grass. Are y'all with me? I mean, everybody got a good picture of this. I did hit the ground more than one time. But I want to tell you something. Hey, I did get the horse back. We did get it treated and put back in the pen, and, and I won the fight. But can I tell you that it, as funny as it was then and still is right now, I had purposed in my mind, when I get a hold of this rope, I'm not letting it go. I had decided then, I don't, it does not matter what happens, I will not give in. I will not lose. I will not be defeated. I'm telling you, I, told, I knew what was going I knew what was coming. I've seen this horse run every day like it's a wild stallion. I knew what was about to happen. But I knew that I could decide, no matter how foolish it may feel or how I felt about it, that I did not have to let go. Elisha decided, I'm not going to stop when you say stop. Elisha decided, I'll go until I cannot go any further. We need Christians committed, not just to God, but to each other and to this church and to, to the community that you live in and to your families, that when you get a hold of the rope, you won't let go. Amen. That you won't give in when it seems like it's, it's just too hard. Can I tell you, I was sore. <laughs> I think my shoulder may be out of place. Because I don't know what's wrong with it. But it's worth the fight. It's worth the battle. And the spirit that God has that he'll bestow on his people is greater than what we currently take use of. What you have access to is greater than what you're using. At one point... I said, enough's enough. I stuck my heels in the ground, and I didn't go that way anymore. You know why? Because I'm stronger than the horse. I doubt it. Because I took a stand. That's what God wants from his people. We don't need to let his power be wasted and be put away in the ground somewhere when we can take the mound. That's our call can't look at anybody else. I can't look, you know, I, I thought, Lord, it's a pretty tough message to preach to people, but I'm telling you right now, it's not about me looking at you. It's about me looking at me. And when you look in the mirror, I, I want you to really consider for yourself, am I doing exactly what God has called me to do? Or did I decide it was too hard to hold on and to carry on? Who is carrying the man in your home in your family, in your lives, at your work, at your school, in the church, who's carrying the mantle? Who's carrying it? Who's willing to ask for double? It's one thing to pick it up. It's also a different thing to say, Lord, I want more of that. God's got it for us. He's got it for us. He's got it for us today. Somebody's got to take up that mantle. 
somebody's got to say, I'll go where others won't go. It's got to be us. It ain't them outside. They're looking from afar off. They standing up on the hillsides just watching and say, what we'll do next, bunch of crazies. That's what they think. Somebody needs to get a hold of that rope this morning and say, I'll pull where others wouldn't pull. I'll stand where others wouldn't stand. I'll go where others wouldn't go. Somebody needs to get a hold of that this morning. Stand with us this morning. Maybe somebody needs to come pray. Maybe somebody needs to, 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 to move closer to the Lord. Maybe somebody needs to say, you know what? I let the mantle go. I expected somebody else to do. Who who will stand this morning? We'll just sing a verse, verse just as I am. Will we do?